Uh, hey y'all, welcome to class. This is White Homework, a podcast about race, racism, and restorative justice. I'm your host, Tori Williams-Douglas. Uh, my job is no longer illegal. If you've been listening, you probably get that joke. Um, I'm a writer, speaker, and an anti-racist educator. And my guest today is um, writer, comedian, other human person. Ho. General ho about town. <laughs> Alice Hamilton. Hello. Yay. This is this is just Alice's podcast. I uh, this is Alice's yeah. podcast, and I'm My just I'm just sorry. Yeah, I, I I just show up here sometimes. I just do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is really wild. Anyway, we're on uh, we're on part three of our little racism doesn't exist series. So this is your, if this is the first time hearing any of the podcasts in the series, essentially we're talking about the fact that several, several people in the U S several millions, several, <laughs> several, several of millions of people in the U S white people specifically, uh, believe that racism doesn't exist anymore, that it was made illegal according to TikTok girl, uh, oh my God. because of Martin Luther King. So that's, that was news to all of the people of color in this country. I'm pretty sure. And uh, yeah, can I can I say, is this me oh. like overly sympathizing with white people when I say I genuinely feel bad for that little TikTok girl? Because that image is gonna follow her around yeah. for a long time, and she's too young to I understand. I know, I know how bad it is, and I know she thinks it's like a huge mic drop. Like she was so proud of it. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I mean, like we were, we were all, we were all loud and wrong. I mean, I'm loud and wrong on the internet all the time. <laughs> you just have to put out enough content that you flood everybody with your wrongness. <laughs> so it's hard to find like that one thing that's going to keep you from getting hired. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of keeping you from getting hired, uh, we are going to talk about discrimination. In employment, everybody's favorite topic. <sighs> yeah, I remember from like uh, like as young as I, I don't know elementary school. I started hearing people like comment on other people's baby names, and they would always say like, "You have to put that on a resume someday." Whenever they would name their kids something a little bit weird, it was always like, "What are you thinking? Your kid has to put that on a resume," and it never once clicked to me that it's like. I think I, I mentioned last time on the podcast, my friend who works as like a receptionist at the wedding venue and they wouldn't give mm-hmm. dates to anyone whose name was spelled uniquely. Uh, I didn't even realize that like when people see those names on like resumes, they will just throw them out if they think that they're black. Yes. And that That's there's right. a lot of black people who were successful in life and who probably don't realize that it was because they had a name. Where like when you see it on a resume, you, I mean, black people like black conservatives, like Ben Carson, you get an application from Ben Carson, you don't know that that dude's black, right. you know? And like our, our dad is one of them where it's like, he got in the, he got in the interview because people there didn't are, necessarily know. There are way too many black men named Steve. Can <laughs> I just, can I just go on the record and say that real quick? It's like, a lot. It's a lot I think, of them. I think I think black people in general know that like yeah there's there's a difference. I mean we're related yeah. to three black steves. This is absolutely how are there so many black steves? I don't 
If somebody could like write in and explain that. Speaking of name shaming, <laughs> time to name shame the Black Steves. And sorry, mass. Black Steves. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just. It's just, eh, it just isn't. It's, eh, I'm sorry, everyone named Steven. It's, it's mostly a white guy's name. I just really feel strongly about this, right? Like, God bless all you Black Steves. You got better jobs. Let's start yeah. there. Uh, it's not all bad. So, um, me talking trash about your name. Yeah, Yo, how are we related to? Three black men named Stephen <laughs> related to three black Steve. <laughs> we have, we have, we have, we have so many, we have so many levels. Um, yeah. Oh my but gosh. Yeah. I name never once crossed my mind that like mm-hmm. that that was wrong. That it was wrong. Name shaming is like, racism. Yeah. It, it never. <laughs> I say as I make fun of black men named Steve because um, <laughs> we're the real I mean, racists. We're the real racists. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Victoria. Mm-hmm. I'm, the real I'm like this really pretty uh, white woman, and I'm I'm a racist. This is racist anonymous, right? I'm in the right place. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, we should talk about the data um, around discrimination in employment because apparently, I am told by the right, the facts do not care about your feelings. So I'm here just with facts, just with straight uncut data. Never. It's very cut because I talk a lot of bullshit in between, but that aside, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, okay, well, if racism doesn't exist, let's, uh, let's, let's make sure that seems cool. That seems cool. Let's do it. Okay, sweet. Um, I don't even know where we should start. We should probably end with affirmative action because that makes that's, it's not even a real thing. Anyway. Um, <laughs> cool. So uh, let's see here. Since 1989, white people on average receive 36% more callbacks on job applications than black people and 24% more callbacks than Latinos, which means any of us who has a job had to work harder to get that fucking job than you had to work. Mr. White dude named Steve. Um, Attitude, big time attitude. I can be mean to white guys named Steve. It's fine. (laughs) It's Chad for me. Um, You guys like, please explain to me how that is not discrimination in a country that was based on, slavery like you were just if you were black people just assumed you were a slave if you were black and you didn't have your papers on you you could be put back in slavery even if you had been free up until that point um so you can't really say in a in a country that has such a horrific history i would argue that you cannot say that the fact that there are still ma- there's still massive inequality um, in all of these different areas is just happenstance, right? Yeah. Um, Brian Stevenson, who is a black man, um, he <laughs> like I I think that his his um, comparison or his like I don't even know what to call it, but essentially he says in one of his TED talks like if um, if in Germany. of the people that they had on death row waiting to be executed and, you know, in 2021 were Jewish. 
we'd probably have a problem with that, right? Mm -hmm. But in the U.S., for some reason, you know, I mean, like the Holocaust was a longer time ago than Jim Crow um, by about 20 years, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you can't say in in a country that uh, was a democracy for white people and fascism for anyone else that it's just circumstantial <laughs> that 95% of CEOs are white men. <laughs> You cannot make that argument, right? I want to say that, like, a lot of the times white people will say, I'm not racist or that's not racist or, like, facts aren't racist or whatever. It's sort of the same way that people will use no offense. It's like you say something horribly offensive and then just be like, no offense. I was like, that doesn't mean that what you said wasn't offensive. Right. Saying, you know, that that's not, you know, this isn't racist, but doesn't mean that it's not racist. And a lot of people will say that, like, a lot of white people will say that black people could succeed if they just, you know, got married and stopped having kids out of wedlock and stopped doing drugs and crime and basketball and waffles and all the stereotypes that you just want to fucking put on them. Yes. Um, and that's thinking about how little information, how little education you've received on uh, like black Americans and the history. Discrimination and, against black people. Yeah. For you to yeah. suggest that they are in the situation that they're in because they're just not working hard enough is like on its face, just racist. And it's, mm -hmm. it's arrogant of you to like speak on their behalf when you literally have not done any kind of research or any kind of work or had any sort of education on this, not getting any sort of education on this is not necessarily your fault. The you know, entire school system is whitewashed, but being arrogant enough to still see yourself as like, An expert, an yeah, I guess. an authority figure. Yeah, an authority yeah. figure on this. Like, to not question that impulse, uh, to, to, like, not question yourself and be like, how do I know this stuff is true? Is this just a feeling, <laughs> you know? Is it a fact or a feeling? The problem is white people's feelings are the facts. Like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, when you live in a white supremacist society, white people's emotions are the facts. Mm -hmm. Um which is why they can just intuit that black people are lazy without having done any research. They just feel it in their hearts. Yeah. And because they, because what they believe is reality, which is actually kind of not untrue. Like they believe in white supremacy and it is reality. And they believe in reality. capitalism and it is reality. All of us have to live in their reality. Um, that said, white people apparently believe in their own ability to intuit correctly what life is like for everyone who is not white, even though they don't talk to us, even though they like see a bunch of racist bullshit movies and decide that that is, that's how all of us live. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, they don't talk about like, Oh, where did, where did, where did these government ghettos come from? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Who made those? Like whose shit was that? It wasn't ours. Uh, Cause our neighborhoods were all raised by the government to, do infrastructure projects and build Central and to make, Park and to make the city better for white people. So how would you fucking know if we had tried really hard and pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps when the government literally destroys all of our fucking work mm. every single generation? Um, anyway, cool. That was fun. Uh, I think we, you made a good, really good point about like the, um, 
the assumptions about like just get married because it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, yay, more data. Um, white single parents have more wealth than black married couples. Yep. Please tell me how that's just circumstantial in a country that had whites only signs up in 1965. Like, tell me how that's just, that it just happens to be that way in a country where every major city has raised a black neighborhood to the ground. Like a black neighborhood with, with homes that people cared for, right? People had pride in. Like, please, like, like fucking explain this to me. It's not racism. Okay. So it's just inferiority of black people. That is also racism. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there is no, there is no out from this cul-de-sac except to acknowledge that it is racism. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And even if like calling it racism hurts your feelings, well, we still have to acknowledge that this thing happened and needs to be corrected. And when you look at all of the mm -hmm. affirmative action and welfare and handouts that white people were getting uh, in the 20s, 30s, after the Great Depression, the 60s, like all of that, Mm -hmm. when black people are asking for reparations, they're just asking, can we get the things that white people got that we were intentionally excluded from when it first rolled out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not, that's not giving, that's not taking anything from white people. That's just expanding the things that you guys already received, the foundations that were already built for you and giving black people the same exact foundation. Yeah, it is. It is that you you would think, but um, somehow it's somehow it's not. It's 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 fine that they got it because it was a long time ago, but it's not fine that we get it now because that's not fair. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, and I, you know, I got really mad at this the other day, but somebody was talking about somebody on Twitter was talking about um what what we would do for people who paid off all of their student loans if we um, erased student, if we did student loan forgiveness for people who still have student loans, what would we do for the people who paid off all of their student loans? It's like, okay, well, we could do a tax credit or we could give them like some kind of bonus. And I was just like, no, why? Like <laughs> if you have no debt, from your college education, you have a shit ton of privilege. Yeah. You have a shit ton of privilege. And so again, like if I have $10,000 in student loans and you don't have, and you have like $200,000 in assets, like giving us both $10,000 does nothing to fix the fucking problem. Oh my God, you guys, you don't get cookies because Everybody needs a cookie. Otherwise, it's not fair to the children who have been starved for the past 250 fucking years. Mm-hmm. You do not get a cookie. I'm sorry. You just don't. We're um, talking about equity and not equality. Right. And equity means paying, paying black people more than you pay white people because of the number of years that your company didn't hire any black people, you mm-hmm. motherfucking pigs. Um, so you guys had a fucking 300-year head start on us. So some, some of you blew it, but whatever. <laughs> Not my problem. Sorry, a dumbass granddaddy wasn't good at owning a plantation. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I mean, black applicants just get called back less. Latinx applicants get called back less for job interviews. I'm sure native applicants get called back less frequently because people don't even think they're white people don't even think that native names are real. Yeah. They're just like, well, that's not your real name. So why would I call you? It's, it's again, name shaming is racist. I've been trying really hard actually not to name shame like uncommon names or names that have been spelled um, in a different way because it's just like, this is just white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> just operating as, as an agent of white supremacy when I'm making fun of your name. Um, it, it literally is. It's like, well, I can't hire you. You have a name that's hard to pronounce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> like that's, jesus queen that's elizabeth like that fucking you know how do you fit how do you think you'll fit into the culture of this of this company <laughs> you know oh, it's like um oh, well God. you guys are all white so i guess as a chinese person i probably won't fit in hire me though right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah so you know if you if you're not getting called back for for job interviews then that means that you have Less chance of finding a fucking job. So whose fault is that? Yeah. At the, right? s- at the same time that people were saying stuff like, oh, you can't name your kid that because you have to put that on a job la- application. What was like the same time that they were saying like, well, why don't black people go out and get jobs? It's like, well, because yes. when they see. Well, the no, it's because when you. Right. It's because when you get a job applicant whose name and the name on the resume looks black, you just put it into the recycle bin. So mm-hmm. again, like, please explain that to me. That's if that's not racism, like that's just, I don't know, being smart as a white person. I don't like I can't imagine being white. Um, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you, I mean, you then get fewer offers, mm-hmm. right? You are more likely to have to take whatever offer you get which means that you are going to be paid less. And we know that black employees with, with equal skills and education to white employees get paid less for the exact same work. Um, so yeah, you just, you have fewer options. Um, and then because, because black people were, um, preyed upon, um, and, um, wasn't, so I, when I say preyed upon, I'm thinking specifically about black farmers in the South who were basically peasants um, because of their, because of the fact that they were sharecroppers. So they, again, were paid about a fifth of what uh, the white sharecroppers were making Mm -hmm. um, for the same, for the same amount of, of cotton or whatever it was. Well, that was all going on. Like y'all's, great grandparents grandparents were like given a fucking college education and a mortgage by the federal government yeah but you hate handouts mhm it's like you guys wouldn't be where you are without handouts and because history classes in america don't typically teach too much about the welfare that white people received Mm-hmm. You, that's resulted in a generation now that thinks we got all this because we worked hard and we earned it. So why in the mm-hmm. world should black people be given this he- heads up, this, this handout? Mm-hmm. It's like, you guys got it too. Yeah. You got, and you're yeah. just ignorant and honestly being like ridiculously selfish. Cause you, 
it, this wouldn't affect you if the federal government may, passed a giant uh like welfare handout you know affirmative action packet that whatever you want to call it to black people like that wouldn't affect you any more than when they you know pass all this mm-hmm. legislation that's like oh we're gonna up the defense budget by 50 billion dollars right. right and it you does guys not have don't a negative blink. impact you guys mm-hmm. don't think about it mm-hmm. you know you could give 20 billion dollars to black americans and the amount of crying and whining and complaining and oh, temper fuck. tantrums it would never Some, end yeah no it would, it would never, never end. end they will be mad about that shit in 500 years mm-hmm. like facts it would they would never stop bitching about that um, which is all the more reason to do it. Uh, so stay mad. <laughs> stay mad. Um, yeah, you're just you're just at such a significant disadvantage. Um, you know, again, like s- white single parent families have twice more than twice the wealth of black married families. Like more more than 200% of the wealth, right? Single, white single parents. There's only two options there. Either black Americans are disadvantaged or they're lazy. Which one? Both, both options are racism. It's just which, which racism you want to go with yours or someone else's. (laughs) Both, both of the off ramps are racism. (laughs) It's just like, are you going to own that shit? Are you going to like admit, okay, this is a problem because yeah. it is a fucking problem. It's not okay in a free society in a quote unquote democracy or, you know, constitutional Republic, whatever you want to call it. Like that's, that's not, that's not how this works. Right. Yeah. E- this is not equal opportunity. It just is not. And so when you're trying to argue that there are, there's no discrimination happening against black and Latinx people. And we're just making it up because we want attention Mm -hmm. um, because we're all like just dramatic. Then yeah, you're, I mean, you're part of the problem. Like again, this is a bunch of data. This is a bunch of data. Like what precisely, again, this idea that you can intuit uh, what is happening And the fact that, you know, all of these researchers, because literally tens of thousands of researchers have put millions of man hours into researching discrimination, but you feel like the way that you feel about it is as good as the facts. Again, like so much of this is just this idea that all black success, all brown success, all non-white success is stealing stealing from, from white people. Yeah, it's stealing from white people. And I remember... On Fox News, Ann Coulter said, like, yeah, the United States of America does owe the black community a great debt for slavery. But when we let you into Harvard and you can't read, I think that, like, that's fair. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a really important that's a really important point of this conversation. Um, I, I like I love that you brought that up because um, one of the things that makes me most angry in the entire world is the fact that um, Antonin Scalia, when he was on the Supreme Court, argued that black students wouldn't were unable to keep up with coursework mm-hmm. in universities, yep. uh, in, in universities that had rigorous programs, right? And, um, okay, so black students, like black families don't have the safety net that white families have because our great-grandparents didn't get to go to college for free. They weren't given... Uh, 
a mortgage that was underwritten by the federal government. So yeah, if, if there's a crisis, one of us has to take care of it. Yeah. Right. There is nobody to call. Right. There is, there's nobody up to call. I have so many friends who are like, oh yeah, you like, if I couldn't make a mortgage payment, I have several people in my family that I could call. I can't fucking imagine knowing someone in our family who could pay my rent. I cannot like yeah. just who just had that cash. Can't even fathom what that would be like. There is no, no one, there is no one in our family that I could be like, fuck, I can't make my rent payment. Can you, can you cover me? Yeah. There is nobody. None of us know anyone I <laughs> who had could to, do that. I I had to drop out of college because I couldn't afford it. And right. that was like one of the worst periods of my entire life. I yeah. hated every second of that. Well, uh, I, you're lying though, because black people get to go to college for free. I sincerely believe that. You know, what's funny is because I was Republican. I sincerely believe that. And I was like, what are they doing? I thought that I would get all of this like handout and free shit just for going mm-hmm. to college while being black. That's what everybody told me. That's yeah. what I believed. And then the school was actually looking at me and being like, you can't stay if you don't have money. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. understand it. And yeah. yeah, I called a few friends and asked them for help. Um, and one of my friends wound, like her parents let her give me $500 and I could stay Mm -hmm. one more semester because of that $500 because she just didn't want to lose her friend. She wanted her friend to keep going to college with her. And that was so embarrassing. I I was so desperate. I was, I was completely desperate. And yeah, there was no one in my family that I could have called for that small amount of money. Mm -hmm. No one, you know? No, no one 500 and, bucks like no that ain't happening and like our parents lived in the suburbs you know like mm-hmm. my my sophomore year of college I spent half of the first semester with no books I couldn't afford the textbook so I was going to class trying to borrow people's textbooks giving my teachers mm-hmm. like you know Mm-hmm. lies. I was, I was lying to them like, Oh, I, I ordered the textbook, but it still hasn't arrived yet. And they were like, that's been like a month. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what's taking so long, but like, I couldn't afford it. Right. You know? And it was like a hundred dollar textbook and I could not afford it. So I was sharing with people. It was so embarrassing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's wild. There's, um, I'm sure some of you listen to this. I know some of you listen to this, but, um, there's this show on NPR slash podcast that is everywhere called how I built this. And it just puts me in a fucking rage because it's all of these stories, um, from founders of companies who struggled, you know, for, for, for years and sometimes decades to get these now really successful companies off the ground. And they would run into these circumstances where they had no cash left, but they needed to keep, they needed to, you know, they needed to be able to keep the doors open so they could keep making their product. And they just would come up with tens of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. by calling friends and family. Yep. And Jeff Bezos' parents gave him $300,000 for Amazon. Yeah. I couldn't get $500 for books when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. It fills me with a rage. And then people look at these people like, 
there was a show on the History Channel called The Men That Built America, and it was oh, all about these that. white guys. Fuck that noise. It, yeah, it, it just it filled me with the fucking rage. It was like Rockefeller and all of these people. It's like the... Oh, get fucked. People, people are doing that now with Elon Musk, and it's like this dude's <laughs> parents owned an apartheid diamond mine in South Africa. South Africa. It was an emerald Never struggled. Mine, but yeah. Emerald. Whatever. The child, he, has, the child has never, never struggled. Also, he he's never like a delinquent struggled. father. He has seven kids by like yeah. four different women. How come nobody talks about this? Because if he were fucking black, That's can you all imagine? That's talk all about. people would talk about. That is all people would talk about is the fact mm-hmm. that he is a completely negligent and like non-existent father to his children. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh fucking I almost called him Tim Apple because because <laughs> Trump. Trump. Yeah. Tim Apple. Tim Cook. But it, it wasn't even Tim Cook. It was uh the guy Steve before Jobs. him, Steve Jobs. Why did I forget his goddamn name? I, you know, I don't need it taking up space in my brain. That's fine. Yeah. Um but Steve Jobs did the same thing. He had a kid and just refused to acknowledge that kid because of how much he hated the kid's mom. Oh, and it's like I didn't white even guys know that. Are I did not even know that. To He's not be... white though. He's Syrian. Oh, that's not white in my opinion. Okay, he was well... a, he was an adoptee though. He was adopted into the states. I don't know if his adoptive parents were white or not, but he's got white skin, and people don't think yes. of him as that Syrian dude. So I'm calling yes. him white. Fair. Uh, he got to live as a white dude, mm-hmm. uh, but like, yeah, if if he was Syrian with dark skin at all, then that would be the only thing you talked about. Right. Yeah, I like. I, I mean, I look at the way no Drake idea. is tied to the way that he treated his kid that he tried to keep a secret, you know, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like super light skin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And people were like, uh, "Excuse me, is that your is that your child, sir?" <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't leave it alone. Yeah, they would not. That's yeah. That's it's it's so true. It's it's just really. I, I still struggle to understand. And people thought that, you know, people, I'm sure you had this experience too. People were like, oh, well, if you need money, like just ask your parents for money. Yeah. So one of the people that I called was like, you can't ask your parents for money. And I was like, no, that's why I'm calling you. Yeah. (laughs) Like they don't have a job. What? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's not great. You know what and always just, filled me with a rage was there would be hmm. white people going to college who would say like, you know, my rich grandpa offered me money, but I said no because I want to do this by myself. Or they would say like, yeah, right. I asked my rich grandfather for money and he said no because he wants me to do it by myself and he thinks that's an important lesson for me to learn. And I was like, can will he give me the money? Can I have the money? No, if because he's, they're gonna, he he's, he's giving it to them later as a down payment on a house. Like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, right. And either way, he's going to fucking die. You're going to get the money. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah, I, I cannot I can't I cannot imagine generational wealth. Yeah, like that's not a thing. Must right? be nice. <laughs> it's just it's like I can't imagine what that would be like to know that I had some to know that I had um, a financial safety net. Yeah. Is, literally unfathomable to me i've thought about how i've lived most of my life just barely skating above the poverty line and i was like i'm so yeah. lucky that things yes. didn't go wrong at it's this point or wrong that at point. the wrong time yeah, yeah. same it, it, same yeah like 
just barely paying my bills. Mm-hmm. Like just barely paying my I bills. I think about all the close calls, all the times I just yeah. barely got away from it, got away with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas like you get you get a speeding ticket that you can't pay for six or seven months. Oh yeah. My car right. got towed and it was like a hundred dollars a day in the towing yes. place. And I it took me three days to get it out. Mm-hmm. Then it was so much more expensive. And I only wound up being able to get my car out because I had a rich friend who gave me the three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what would I do, you yeah. know, in a different situation? Right. And at people who don't have rich friends, like we had proximity to whiteness. So there was like a little bit of leverage there. I don't think I, I don't think any of my friends gave me money, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are people who don't have friends who have money. Yeah. Right. Like the, the man in Texas who just died of COVID in jail because he couldn't pay a hundred dollar bond. dollars. Like yep. This country criminalizes poverty which is just a roundabout way of criminalizing blackness when you refuse to let us yeah. build anything that appreciates in value and you refuse to pay us the same amount. You refuse to hire us like Jesus Christ. What do you yeah. think is going to happen? The towing company keeping your car in there for, I think it was actually like 50 bucks a day. It was like 50 or $75 a day. Plus like all their like fees of having fees, to yeah. move it and shit wound up being 300 bucks. But I saw somebody on Twitter said, like, if if the punishment for a crime is a fine, then it only exists yep. for the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they do that. Uh, not great, Bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, there are, there is technically on paper, there is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is who you're supposed to call if you're discriminated against in employment. They have... No budget. No. Um, and essentially, like, they have less staff than they had in 1980. Um, and, uh, yeah. you If you call and, and report discrimination at your job, like, there's almost nothing that they can do. It's only about 15% of people who file a complaint get any form of relief at all I've seen it's, it's in, illegal to discriminate but we're not going to enforce the law yeah um I, I've, I've just been reading John Lewis's book and that's the same mm-hmm. thing that that he was talking about is uh all of these like you know board versus brown and mm-hmm. all these like anti-segregation laws had been passed but people just weren't enforcing them yeah yeah it's true no I'm pretty sure it was I'm pretty sure Houston um, independent school district. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the one it was, was fighting, was fighting desegregation in the courts until like the seventies or eighties. Yeah. Cause they didn't want to, they didn't want to desegregate the schools. And, uh, he talked about in the book how like, uh, once the desegregation, uh, once like segregation became illegal, uh, the white city, uh, the White Lake City Council members uh, voted to close the public school, then reopened a private school, mm-hmm. and the black people couldn't afford to go to the private mm-hmm. school, so they just completely lost their education. Mm-hmm. And a bunch yeah. of poor white people also lost their education, right. and the the upper middle class white people were perfectly fine 
with that as long as black people kept losing, you know? Yeah. And so exactly. a lot of a lot of the most and white, poor, poor, poor white people still fucking hate us. Yes. Because they think that they don't they think they don't have anything because we exist. Yep. Not because like the 1% stole everything that they have, like and all of their label. perfectly fine with them suffering. Yes. Perfectly yeah. acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I think, I mean, I think some of it sincerely is that like middle-class white people cannot imagine poverty, right? Just like, I, like, just like we cannot conceptualize generational wealth yeah. or even like a family where multiple people are homeowners, <laughs> right? <laughs> We like we can't even imagine that. Um, so yeah, I, I, this <laughs> white people just can't. I, I've I've interacted with so many white people who simply could not. It was it was unfathomable that there was not money somewhere. Yeah, right. There was nowhere to turn to. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's real. Um, I don't know. And I, I think that what's interesting, you know, when, when my people say that they're discriminated against too, um, even if, even if a black person does call you cracker, um, you aren't going to lose out on multiple opportunities in life because black employers will not hire you. Yeah. I think about how many times in movies and TV shows that I've seen a black person's role in the movie being just to to irrationally accuse the white person of racism. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a reflection of the way that white people see black people yes. trying to bring attention to racism. This is just mm-hmm. completely irrational. This right. is just out of nowhere. This is a joke. This is something we should laugh at. And it also kind of goes along with this idea that like uh, racism against white people is just hurting their feelings. And so right. they think that racism against black people is also just hurting their feelings. People... Yeah. will tweet stupid shit like you know shout out to all the black people who won't get super offended over just a word and it's like this is not just a word this is a reflection of where we are mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. this is a reflection of of yeah it's a reflection of it's a reflection of where you are and it's it's really really disheartening uh to see like martin luther king said that like uh well-intentioned misunderstanding is worse than Mm -hmm. like willful misunderstanding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I just have to like completely fully agree with that, that that like white moderates who are like, yeah, we kind of agree, but we're just not going to lift a finger to help. You're worse than the KKK. Right. Because you're, you're, you're the ones that are actually in the way of progress. Yeah. Cause you refuse to move. Mm -hmm. It's not all of these, it's not all of these like, militia dudes who fuck if I know if they graduated from high school fuck if I know if they take care of themselves or anything that they own like I don't I don't fucking know like the the like complete radical extremists like right-wing whatever LARPers (laughs) (laughs) all of those people again it's like they're at the back of society. They don't get to influence that much. I mean, they have much more influence now because of social media, but on the whole, like no, no, no one is moving in your direction. Like in terms of 
general society. But the yeah. people who won't get out of the way are the people are, that are stopping progress. Helping you so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Helping. Um hmm. what else? I don't even know what we've got going on here. Uh oh yeah, affirmative action. That was what I wanted to talk about before we switch to uh answering people's questions. Um, I've decided that affirmative action is not real. <laughs> it's like, it's not, it's not a thing. Like, it literally isn't a thing. It's, um, but it still fucks us over because white people believe in it. It's hurt. It's the still, idea of affirmative still, action yes, hurts white people. Is why, well, but it's also why they discriminate, discriminate against us in hiring is because they believe that we get paid more for the same work while we're, while being less qualified. Mm-hmm. Like the belief that affirmative action is a thing that exists, like fucks us over so hard because it is not mandatory. Because you cannot pass over qualified individuals to hire unqualified individuals. You can't do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is why this is why white people ask for ask for white doctors because they think that black doctors didn't have to pass the same tests to get into yeah. med school. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to get the same grades to get into med school. Right? They think that affirmative action is just like, oh, we're going to give you, we're just going to give you a license to practice medicine. Right? We're just going to give you a spot in the college and you don't have to pay for it. So it's like, they think that we've been getting all of these handouts. Right? I mean, and, and it's like a sincerely held belief. It's like, sincerely held white insanity i I don't like whiteness is is insanity but still it's like we get so fucked over because affirmative action doesn't it's not a thing nobody is required to meet quotas quotas are illegal yeah quotas are completely illegal but i I don't what do you what do you think it is when i worked at walmart people would still like make fun and and sort of poke it like oh you know affirmative action hire or whatever and in oh, like retrospect of like that's that that I I sincerely thought that was the case. I was like a little Republican and I was like, oh yeah, I've got affirmative action to this job because I have no experience, but like no one else there had any experience either. Right. You know, you what don't need f- experience to be a cashier at Walmart. No, because they can train you. Yeah. And it takes Honestly, a very like, time. most jobs they can train you for. Mm-hmm. Again, like the whole the whole like you have to have a college degree is just another form of classism and exclusion. Yeah. For for many, most of the jobs in the country still, maybe it won't be the case in 10 or 15 years, but at this point it is. Um, cool. Yeah. So I'm very angry about the fact that people think that affirmative action is a real thing and that we benefit from it in some way when actually they benefit yeah. from believing in it. White women are number one. Us. White women are number one hires for affirmative action. And I think white guys are number two. Like mm. it would, at least, maybe that actually might be college, not jobs. Um, okay. Because, like, I think I've told, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like, places like Harvard don't want an overrepresentation of Asian students right. on their campus, even though Asian yeah. students are outperforming all of these white students. So they mm-hmm. affirmative action white guys it's in for there. It's for white. Yeah, it's for white men. About 50 50 <laughs> for each gender mm-hmm. and mostly white. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Which just means that there are, I mean, yeah, and like they could make more seats if they wanted to. It's goddamn yeah. Harvard. Yeah. But 
Oh my gosh. Anyway. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's call it on this since we didn't solve anything. We just got my heart rate up to 102. (laughs) Uh, And we'll answer some questions. where can white people support you this week you can venmo me at mm-hmm. alexandra rose h um you can find me on twitter at alice r hamilton and you can find me on instagram at m-i-s-s alice hamilton and Yay. uh the comedy store just shared one of the videos from my roast battle uh, nice so that's yeah that's fun got a few followers from that that's amazing. You, you've gone viral so many times. Like I've gone viral, I think twice. Um, and one of them didn't even count because it was before they counted quote tweets. So <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Anyway. Um, sweet. Well, I am also to be found occasionally on the internet, which sucks, but, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you, if you find white homework to be valuable, you should support if you have disposable income you can become a patron support pay the rent club because we're paying the rent for two black families for a year um and oh yeah there's like white homework merch now i keep forgetting that there's actually like people are going to be getting like t-shirts and tote bags and mugs (laughs) (laughs) like i I just i forget because like patreon does it for you Mm -hmm. you just tell them what you want um, so I've, I keep forgetting that that's even a thing, but yeah. So every three months you get, you get some, some little white homework swag. Uh, if you do not have disposable income, that's totally fine because you can still rate the podcast and leave a comment. And right now I'm only accepting ratings that are five stars or above. So please keep that in mind. Um, also keep in mind how many white people's feelings have been severely hurt by simply the name of this podcast and leave <laughs> Give a it review one star. and a five star thing just to make up for these people that have nothing but free time to be mad at brown girls doing nothing. Right. Exactly. Um, other things you can do if you don't have cash, which is totally fine. Uh, you could write a social media post about white homework or you could text this episode to a friend that you think would enjoy it both of those things count all of those things count a lot as much as as much as cash honestly it counts towards your reparations as well (laughs) yeah it does right there i think white people forget that there are free things that they can do that count towards reparations um get a credit yeah you get a credit uh i just realized i started i started the good place again um and i just realized that the idea that white people have any credit in heaven is like fucking comical. <laughs> um, yeah. So on the internet at Tori glass at white homework, um, you can go to whitehomework.com to sign up for Patreon and email us your anti-racism questions. Um, my email is hello at toryglass.com. I've also been trying to do some AMA stuff on the white homework, uh, Instagram page. So if I open that up again, you can ask questions there. Uh, sometimes that's a little bit easier for folks and it's anonymous. So if that's what you feel like you need, then go do that. All right, sweet. Let's answer some questions. I thought that this question was completely incredible. Um, so somebody is curious uh, how do you go about getting 
black friends when you realize that you have none? <laughs> Specifically, are you tokenizing people who are black by pursuing friendships with them? Um, Having gone to yeah. a college <laughs> that had eight black people there, including myself uh, and a few other halvesies, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can kind of smell it on over eager liberals who just want like a diverse group of f- friends, but you don't really have anything in common with these people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I would say that a good way to make friends with black people is to get involved in black activism. And that way you're being helpful to the cause and also you will just like organically make friends when you're sharing time and space and a goal mm-hmm. with any group of people regardless of color yeah yeah um, it's true that would be my thing um but yeah hanging out in places that are not just all whites you know all white spaces is is gonna go a long way and you don't have to tokenize people you can kind of let the friendships sort of like blossom organically because i've definitely had some so like a i one guy comes to mind from my college specifically that was trying to date me because he thought it'd be cool to have a black girlfriend and it just it just rubs you the wrong way it, you can smell it a, a thousand miles away and it's gross and it sucks um so i would say that like if you wanted to do that and expand your friend circle i would get involved with something and, and at, le- at the very least be helpful to the movement um, mm-hmm. you know, and that would be like friendships will like sort of form organically. You'll see who in the group you have things in common with and who you don't have things in common with, as opposed to just, there's a Brown person, be my friend, please, please, please. That's right. not work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that it is, it's okay to be intentional. I would say that, uh, being intentional is actually, you should be intentional because you, um, and I I guess I could have gotten into this last episode when we're talking about housing discrimination, but um, most of you listening to this live in segregated neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Like just to be honest about that fact. So you have to start with one, why did you choose to live where you're living? Like that's the first question. Why are you living somewhere where there is no diversity? Because that was a choice that you made. Um, And two, yeah, like there are, there are plenty of, there are plenty of black folks who, uh, would be fine <laughs> hanging out with you. Uh, if all you talk about is black shit or t- racism, like, no, fuck no, nobody wants yeah. to hang out with you. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but there are like, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of groups you can join. Like I have um, one of the groups that I really like, you know, in, in, in the ancient days, but when we could actually see people and, and let people breathe on us, which is disgusting. Yes. Um I, there's a black non-believers group here in Portland that is really fucking cool. And there are, you know, Christianity usually, but Islam as well. Like they're very huge influences on black folks. So to have, uh, to make black friends who were also non-believers was really fucking cool. And, uh, you don't have to be black to go to that. Right. That was just on like meetup.com. You know, and, and there's like, there's all kinds of black hiking groups. If you're into that, Um, all you have to do is like shoot an email and say, Hey, I'm white. Can I join you? Or is this not okay? Um, And they'll tell you when you can, they'll tell you when you can join. 
They'll tell Mm -hmm. you when it's cool for you to show up. Um, Same thing with black churches. Like if you aren't sure if you're welcome, just call and ask. Uh, Yeah. So find a thing that you're into and then you can find some diverse groups, right? It doesn't have to be black. Like maybe you want to go, maybe you do coding and you want to go find like indigenous coders. Yeah. That's a group that could use some like white privilege support. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think that, I think being intentional is good because you've already been intentional in choosing segregation and choosing to live in a segregated area. Um, so you have to intentionally choose to not be in segregated spaces anymore, which Mm -hmm. just means, yeah, it just means that you're going to have to do a little bit of research on which groups are, are doing what and just shoot an email or a DM or pick up the phone. If you believe in that God awful technology (laughs) and ask like, Hey, I'm white and I love what you're doing. And I would like to show up. Is that okay? It's as simple as that. And then you have like a built-in group of people who you have something in common with, right? And it's not tokenizing because you enjoy the same things or you have the same line of work or whatever the situation is. Um, You know, because all, all, like all black people love white allies. Like I've never met a black person who doesn't want like a really awesome white ally. Yeah. That's not a thing. Um, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being intentional. In fact, I think you have to be intentional just because uh, white supremacy is intentional. (laughs) So you have to be intentional about getting rid of it. But yeah, I would say that also like shout out to all the black hiking groups. Y'all make me so happy. I love when I see other black folks on the trail. It's great. It's the good old days when we could go outside. Remember when? I actually don't remember. So anyway, fuck that. Um, <laughs> I understand now why why the Enterprise had the holodeck is because you would go fucking nuts in yeah. the vacuum of space for years. <laughs> actually very useful that is that is why that was there uh okay sweet well i guess that's it for this fucking episode you guys um i'm really mad so go pay someone some reparations please it's the least least you can do least you can do (laughs) okay bye (laughs) white homework is a coba.fm production your host is tori williams douglas Executive producers are Jeff Martin and Nate Frazier. Produced by Jillian Cohan-Martin. Audio production and editing by Nash Probst. Music by Kay Solace. For additional resources on White Homework, please visit whitehomework.com. For more information on other COBA podcasts, please visit coba.fm. That's C-O-B-A dot F-M. Thanks for listening.